Peter's got his bouncer list right there, and that's the Book of Life. ID. New life. <laughs> Thank you much. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, can I get your ID too? Thank you very much. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, ID. Uh, no, sorry. Sorry, you're going down the hall. You're going down the hall. Yeah, that place is like a billion degrees. You're going down the hall. No, you can't get in. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Maybe I'll put real club music in the edit. <laughs> Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. Welcome to the Unblessed Podcast. My name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And this is our second time recording this episode. Round two. Technology <laughs> really bit us in the ass this episode. Oh, I take boy. full <laughs> responsibility. Boy. You know, you know, technology, when it works, it works. When it doesn't, it doesn't. That's what my dad always says. Where do we both work to? Uh, I work at a bomb testing facility. <laughs> I guess I work at an idiot factory. <laughs> I, I have, I have. They gave me a badge and a hammer, and every bomb that comes through, I just clink. You're the number one testing. I'm number, I'm number testing one testing. Site. Exactly. We're two x uh, searchers for saved celebrities. Scott, how important was it when you were a kid that a celebrity was a Christian? Um, not incredibly important. I, oh, so you, so you weren't saved then. <laughs> no, I, my only anecdote I have with this is, um, trying to convince my parents that metal bands were Christian so I could listen to them because we didn't have an all out ban on secular music, but if it got a little too dicey, then people started having problems. So, um, uh, there was yeah. always a <clears throat> with <coughs> sorry. Oh. Yep. <laughs> um, good luck editing this episode. Yeah. Um, with any sort of band or actor or whatever. Um, there was always this like, you know he's a Christian. Oh. You know she's a Christian. You know they're a Christian band. And I remember it just happening like left and right. Yeah, um, all over the place. Well, in the early 2000s, that was pretty big. Yeah. Like there was something that awakened in our country and our culture of like, oh, we can make money off of this. Like if we we're just a Christian band, yeah. like a, you know, Christian movie or whatever, like we'll just make some money. Like that's when uh, those Kendrick Brothers movies came out yeah. was early 2000s. And they thought, gee, we can sell to direct a Bible study. 
Yep. And uh, people ate that up. But uh, did you have any celebrities that you were always looking out for? Like, was there a specific one that was um, spoke to your heart? Um, I was a Tebow fan during his Broncos oh. years. During his Broncos years. <clears throat> Not at Florida. I thought he was overrated. Um, wow. But yeah. Uh, well, he wasn't. I have it backwards. I had it backwards. Um, he was a very <laughs> underrated college quarterback and a very overrated pro quarterback. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but I remember there was a um, there was a commercial that he did where it was like he was just talking about being like uh, basically underrated or under like overlooked his entire life. And my dad watched that commercial. And he was like, son of a bitch was the number one quarterback ranked coming out of high school. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> under what circumstance were you overlooked? Everyone oh wanted you. Gosh. <laughs> well, it's the whole like martyrdom. Like, well, I'm, you know, yeah. as a Christian, no yeah. one wanted me. Probably. I'm, I'm assuming that was the narrative was just, because he was Christian, people overlooked him for his abilities. Like, no, it's just because he kind of stunk in the NFL. <laughs> it wasn't because he prayed in the end zone. <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, people have been praying in the end zone forever. Yeah. He was the first one to start marketing it. Yeah, exactly. Get the bandwagon. Um, so Tebow was one. Um, I was really into Christian music. And so, like, anytime anybody was affiliated with one I would, or anytime new music was coming out, because uh, I also wasn't necessarily into, like, worship music so much as I was, like, um, just like music that's like <laughs> worship uh, adjacent, I guess. Worship adjacent. <laughs> so like uh, Switchfoot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was like, I think that was like the first band that stood out to me where I was like, oh, this is like blatantly Christian music, but it's being mm-hmm. played on the radio. Um, who was the other one uh, that did Sadie Hawkins dance? Oh yeah, Hawk. No, is that yeah, Hawk, Hawk Nelson. Was that Hawk Nelson? Right? Or was that uh, no? That was um, no, not Hawk Nelson. Reliant K. Yeah, man, I was I missed that whole train. Mm-hmm. See, I was into the hardcore scene at that point, so I thought the softies listened to you know those kind of bands. So I just remember I went to a hardcore Christian concert in seventh grade, and I went with my friend's dad, and he left mid show. He was like, I can't be here anymore. This isn't Christ-like. I'm leaving. He's like, if you want to stay, you can get a ride. And he just left, he just fucking left me. Really? <laughs> it was like five of us. So I like went home with some like other older high schoolers, but that had a car. But that's wow. Yeah. Like, why would you why would you leave a kid? <laughs> well, there was like a group of kids. He's like, I'm going. So he took his son and the rest of us were like, well, we're all going to stay like, sorry, you're not our babysitter. So there was like some other kids that like drove themselves. But I remember I came home and there was a whole snap because my parents were like, why didn't you go home with Mr. So-and-so when he was leaving? And I was like, cause I want to see my favorite band. I, I want, that's the whole point. Yeah. And they're like, well, he said it wasn't a Christian band that it was seemed like satanic and evil and blah, 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 blah. It was haste the day was the band, which is a, kind of famous around here in Indianapolis Christian band but um I had to convince my parents it's like no look at the song sheets like look at the song lyrics it's talking about god and blah 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 and they were just like nah I don't buy it not having but it I had to try to search out so anytime I had like a Christian hardcore band I'd like convince my parents that they were Christians by 
showing him the song lyrics. That's no, it's not about death and suicide and you know murder. It's about love and care. <laughs> so anyway, yep. Um, anyway, speaking of love and murder, yes. <laughs> Christian celebrities. Speaking of Christian celebrities, today we're going to be talking about Moses. We're going to be talking about oh, yeah. A.A. Ron. We're going to be talking about uh, the Levites. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the uh, golden calf. It's a pretty popular story. Essentially what happens is Moses goes up to um, get the Ten Commandments. The uh, Sears Tower. The oh. Sears, goes up the Sears Tower, <laughs> uh, goes to get the Ten Commandments from God, or in Mel Brooks's version, he goes up and gets 15, and he comes back down. And he's like, God has given me these 15. And then he drops one of them. He goes, these 10 commandments. <laughs> it's such a great scene I of the movie. love. Mel Brooks is just a cartoon character. He's, come to life. He's beautiful. Um, so <laughs> Exodus 32, when the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, come make us a God who will go before us because this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Then Aaron replied to them, take out the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings that were on their ears and brought them to Aaron, and he took the gold from their hands and fashioned it with an engraving tool and made it into an image of a calf. Then they said, Israel, this is your God who brought you from the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. Then he made an announcement. There will be a festival to the Lord tomorrow. Early the next morning, they rose, offered burnt offerings, and presented fellowship offerings. The people sat down to eat and drink. And my my, transla- my translation says, the people sat down to eat and drink, then got up to play. <laughs> Come on, Jeffrey. Which I think is just... <laughs> it's time to play. I think it's just so silly. <laughs> I think it's just what a-, a scene, like, that they, all these big adult babies just <laughs> writhing around in the desert. Right, time ah. to play. <laughs> just one, uh, one giant ball pit that they all just jumping into. I think it's funny just grabbing all the, the gold in this town. Like, uh, was there a stopping point on which gold was allowed and which wasn't? Like, it's like, all right, like, we need, like, gold necklaces. Yep. It's like, some guy Jeff is like, what about my nipple rings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Sandra, leave are. your gold vibrator behind. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They had priorities out in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> so they get up to play. So they make this giant uh, schmelted golden calf yep. because why the hell not? They're bored, bored out of their minds, yep. waiting on Moses to come waiting down. Moses to come down. The Lord spoke to Moses, go down at once for your people brought up from the land of Egypt have acted corruptly. So God hears about this and he's like, he's upset, kind of rightfully so. You, you do all this work to free these people. And they're like, that's not God. This is our God. Um, <laughs> they have quickly turned from the way I commanded them. They have made themselves an image of a calf. They have bowed down to it, sacrificed to it and said, Israel, this is your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. The Lord also said to Moses, I have seen this people, and they are indeed a stiff-necked people. 
Now leave naked? me. I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to say it. <laughs> stiff necked. Is it stiff necked or stiff naked? I would say necked, but I like naked. I feel like stiff, stiff naked, naked sounds like a little worse. And I can't yeah. I can't put my finger on why. Honestly, that might be it the correct <laughs> translate because I'm not the I'm certainly not a, a good uh pronunciator of mm. things. So be my guest. And then God said, <laughs> Now leave me alone. So that my anger could burn against them and I can destroy them, then I will make you into a great nation. So already, um, a book later, God is going against his promise that he made to Noah. Mm. Um, and it is in response to building an idol. Um, so thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> So the God of the universe made an <laughs> ultimate promise with humanity that he wasn't going to kill them. And then anymore, a, like again, he wasn't yeah. going to do like mass earthly genocide again because he did it once. Well, I think in God's defense is that the flood promised only that he wouldn't create a flood the earth anymore, that he's still like, I'm not going to flood you. But I might just beat you up a little bit in the future. Like, <laughs> I didn't say nothing about no earthquakes. <laughs> I didn't say nothing about guns. I didn't say nothing about no COVID. <laughs> oh my gosh! Too soon. It's been three years. <laughs> uh, but, mo- uh, mo- but still, yeah. he he made some gesture of like, it's kind of safe to assume that when he made the rainbow, that he was saying, "All right, I'm kind of done with the whole wiping everybody out of existence thing." Yeah, and now he's just kind of like. You know what? Uh, take backsies. <laughs> uh, but Moses intercedes with the Lord. Lord, why does your anger burn against your people you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a strong hand? Why should the Egyptians, and this is a good point by Moses, why should the Egyptians say he brought them out with an evil intent to kill them in the mountains and wipe them off the face of the earth? So Moses is saying, did you just free us from Egypt just to kill us in the desert? Yeah. Um, Turn from your anger and relent concerning this disaster plan for your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You swore to them by your very self and declared, I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and will give your offspring all this land that I have promised, and they will inherit it forever. Dang. So the Lord relented concerning the disaster he said he would bring on his people. I know we've had an episode about this exact situation when... uh, Abraham was trying to talk God down off the the ledge of killing people. And these verses always fascinate me. And I don't remember a time growing up where it sat perfectly well with me. I remember reading these, whatever, in high school or junior high in these stories and thinking, it's a little strange that God has to get talked down (laughs) and we have to calm him down from his own anger. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think about, or what did you think about this verse um, if you read this earlier in your life? I think I would try and rationalize it in a way of God wanted Moses to plead for his people. Uh, I see. Yeah, like, which still feels a little, like, icky. Is that, it's like uh, if you're a parent and you're like, are you sure you want this? Is that are part of sure? the old Spider-Man cartoon where Mary Jane jumps out the window? Have you seen that? I Just so, remember. So 
Spider-Man's like it's Peter Parker. He's got like he's just got the Spider-Man mask off. And mm. he's like, I love you, Mary Jane. And then she immediately jumps out a window. And he's like, he goes, he catches her. He's like, why would you do that? And she was like, I wanted to know that you would catch me no matter what. Like, just a very, like, <laughs> bullshitty, toxic answer. <laughs> it does feel like, it's like, yeah. God's, like, teasing people. Like, okay, but you got to actually want it. You got to you gotta beg for your life over here. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like. I, I don't I understand the theology and I could get a, around that, but it doesn't line up with the lovey dovey father God image that people sing about in church nowadays. I think that's what sits unwell with me. It's like we have this image in recent Christendom of God being this like big, huggy, warm and fuzzy, just he's gonna you know, God's after your own heart and he knows your desires. He's always there to help you in your time of need. And then we have apparently the exact same God who's like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to kill all of you. I'm yep. getting real pissed. You guys suck. But he like waits on someone to actually cool him down. So I don't know. I, it just seems like a, a, a dissonance in the character of God, but that's just me. What do I know? I'm just a guy with a podcast. So <laughs> aren't, aren't we all? Um, Let's keep going, I guess. Then Moses turned, went down the mountain with the two tablets, or in Mel Brooks's version, three tablets, and he dropped one. <laughs> uh, they were inscribed on both sides and inscribed front and back. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was God's handwriting engraved on the tablets. Do you think God had good handwriting? I think it was like a, you know, maybe like a Comic Sans, perhaps, or... Uh, Times New Hebrew. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) Uh, But Moses replied... Hold on. Uh Uh-oh. Yep. God's God's after somebody. All right, so we'll move on with, uh, let's see, verse 15. So then Moses turned and went down from the mountain with the two tablets, or three, and then dropped one, <laughs> of the testimony in his hand, tablets that were written on both sides, front and back, double-spaced, you think? APA format? <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine God, like, I want to pause here because, like, they're tablets. So I think that's why people are like so antsy because it took so long to do double-sided two tablets. <laughs> God's just up there. Cause from what I know about old Testament, like views of God, they didn't think of him as like this giant that lived, you know, he wasn't like this huge spirit person. They just thought he was like a guy, you know, that just was like all powerful. But so he had normal hands. He just wrote really slow on tablets, yeah. but I got all the way to the end and misspelled the last word. <laughs> you had to start over. Sabbath. Start. Oh, got to start over. Uh, 16. So the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There's a noise of war in the camp. But he said, <laughs> There, see? This- I've tried. You're usually the voice person. (laughs) Joshua leaned into the camera. That's when I knew there was war. (laughs) She came into the camp and just saw it like that. I thought she was a hugger. Of all the tents in East Judea. (laughs) Of all the tents and (laughs) all the the deserts in all the world, why'd she have to walk into this one? 
in this old flat water and hole. It's a thing that dreams are made of, honey. <laughs> Give me another camel cigarette. <laughs> but he said, it's not the sound of shouting for victory or the sound of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing that I hear. And as soon as he it's came like, near... It's like a... God, what's the submarine movie? Which one is it? Is it Hunt Fred October or Das Boot? Oh, do you know what I'm I talking saw about? Either of those. Do you know? Do you know what I'm no. talking? So there's a after Ocean Gate, I've swore off the submarine <clears throat> okay. movies. Okay, uh, there's a, so both <laughs> of, or I think it's Hunt Fred October is what I'm thinking of. But Hunt Fred mm. October is about a Russian submarine, the commander of it defecting, and in order oh. to call attention to a United States sub, uh, they start singing to get the attention of them. And it's this famous line where it's like, what do you hear a soldier on the sonar? He's like, I think, I think I hear singing, sir. Is John Mellencamp. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sean Connery and um, Tim Curry were singing uh, John Mellencamp. They're singing the uh, pink house. Sucking on a chili dog. Sucking on a chili dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> I Little ditty about Jack and Diane. As soon as he came near the camp, <laughs> as soon as he came near the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, two separate things, Moses' anger burned hot. Calf and dancing? This won't stand. What's this? <laughs> not these two. And boogieing? <laughs> Listen, I'm not a footloose guy, but you can't have the golden calf here. It's like real disco music. <laughs> All of a sudden, these uh, these uh, Israelites out in the desert have like bell-bottom jeans. <laughs> Fully choreographed dancing and singing. How could he be mad at this? Oh. Such a curmudgeon. So Moses' anger burned hot, and of course he throws the tablets that God worked for so long on. <laughs> Gosh, there's something like, no, you didn't have to do that. Oh, come on now. <laughs> come on now, Moses. That's a little mean. That took me 18 days. <laughs> he right. threw the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they made, burned it with fire, ground it to a powder, and scattered it on Jesus the water and made the people Christ. of Israel drink it. That's insane So to me. we were like reading this before to just get a quick summary, and I... Did not even realize this was a part of the story. Yeah. Like, holy hell. So he makes, he basically poisons the water hole <laughs> and makes people drink their own mm. melted God. Thoughts, Evan? <laughs> Moses, the original Goldfinger. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, like, that's just like, that's, that goes a step further than I think anybody that I, this is like Samson level, like, trickery or, because it's craziness. like craziness. Because Samson had the whole like tying fox, tying foxes oh. together and lighting them on fire, and I think this is Moses is has now achieved that same level of uh, creative cruelty. Yeah, creative cruelty is a very good term for this. Do you know what the ESV Study Bible says? Yes, please. The significance of making the people, making, by the way, not voluntary, <laughs> of making the people drink water is not explained. 
No shit. It may <laughs> represent, one, a further step in the destruction and desecration of the idol to have the people both digest it and pass it. Damn. Or two, a step in shaming the Israelites for their folly in worshiping the calf. Or three, a type of test, something like the test for adultery in Numbers 5, 16. We're going to Passing those right. 12 stones of Israel, am I right? God. <laughs> this is crazy, though. Even if, like, uh, we don't know the significance of this, if you take Exodus as history, every word, then you're saying that the one of the key fathers of Christianity, really of Western religion... Tried to poison all of Israel. Yeah, forced his own people to drink, yeah, a melted gold water. Right after he asked God to not kill them. Yeah, he's like, okay, I'm actually, I'm going to give him a lick or two. Actually, (laughs) If he can't punch him, I will. He gets on on the mountain, he's like, okay, I get it now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ, these people suck. (laughs) Yikes, we should kill these people. So... After uh, Moses makes them drink poison, verse 21, and Moses said to Aaron, <laughs> this is such a great this part. This is such a cartoon part of this whole story. <laughs> what do these people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. For they said to me, make us gods who shall go before us. And as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what's become of him. So I said to the guy, let anyone have gold take it off. So they just gave it to me, and I just threw it in the fire, and then out came the calf. <laughs> I tried to read that with the inflection I think Aaron had. And I think I don't know. I don't know. They gave me the gold, and I put it in the fire, and bam, calf. I woke up, and there was gold all over, and I don't know. There was a cow over here, and this is- I just woke up like this. This just screams like an episode of the Brady Bunch or something. I don't know how my knife got in him, officer. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Aaron, just the most innocent little boy. It's the most cart like it's a very cartoon excuse. Yeah. And all of this like tragedy, it's like something dumb, and it's refreshing. I just said, take your gold off. They just happened to give it to me. I just oops, I set a fire by accident and I melted it, and then we happened to have this. 13-foot calf uh, <laughs> thing over here <laughs> mold that we were able to pour it in. <laughs> yeah, we polished it and engraved it with we our names. We Big don't deal. know whose fault it really was. <laughs> Says made by Aaron on the front of the calf. <laughs> uh, some gold went into the fire, yada, yada, yada. Out came a calf. Nobody, yeah. we, we don't know the details. <laughs> uh, so when Moses saw that the people, okay, this is also another insane, insane. part. When Moses saw that the people had broken loose, for Aaron had let them break loose to the derision of their enemies, Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who's on the Lord's side? Come to me. (laughs) And all the sons of Levi gathered around him, (laughs) scurried next to him. (laughs) And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Put your sword on, on your side, each of you, and go to and fro, all lackadaisical-like, from gate to gate throughout the camp, and each of you kill his brother and his companion and his neighbor. 
And the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And that day, about 3,000 men of the people fell. Moses said, Today you have been ordained for the service of the Lord, each one at the cost of his son and of his brother, so that he might bestow a blessing upon you this day. Wow. So uh, so Moses tries to talk God down from killing everybody and then goes on a gold poison rampage and essentially starts a whole murder spree in the camp. Uh, pause for thoughts. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, you know, the, if you can call Moses a lot of things, what you can't call him is noncommittal. You know, dude went full pedal the metal. Oh my god, it's this just this. That's what blows my mind in all this is that Moses interceded on Israel's behalf, and yeah. God was like, "All right, yeah, fine, whatever." And then Moses gets down there, and he's like, "Well, this isn't acceptable." And then he does what God was gonna do. I just want to know if he was so willing to try to hold God off from his righteous anger like does he have a higher standard of justice than god in his own eyes like is he going well i know i said god couldn't kill him but now that i'm here i think we need some killing in order yeah i I don't know it seems like he's just taking everything into his own accord but it does say sometimes you have to operate outside the law sometimes the law doesn't work (laughs) sometimes you need to gray the lines a little bit i'm moses I'm, I'm it's, not, it's not who I am. It's not the mask. It's who I am underneath. Why are you whispering so much? <laughs> we can all hear you. Harvey Dent. You're on- Harvey Dent. Can't we trust him? This is so silly. <laughs> Just a silly podcast. <laughs> um, but verse 27, he does attribute the murdering to God. He says, thus says the Lord God of Israel. And he even bestows a blessing, verse 29, so that he might bestow a blessing upon you this day. Um, This is upsetting. I can't recall. I'm, I'm a little rusty with my Bible. If the Levites, they haven't been enacted as the priests yet, or have they? They might have already. Either way, <coughs> we know in the future that the Levites and this and the family and the sons of Levites are like the priestly group. Um, yeah. So this is part of their origin story is that Moses was like, if you really want to be the priest, if you really want to uh, be the chosen ones or ordain, he says, ordained for service of the Lord, huh. um, you're going to have to kill <laughs> people that you know, like your brothers and your sons. So if we're... Um... Just a quick little Google search. Um, There we go. I said, when did the Levites become priests? And it says, Exodus 32, 26 to 29. No fucking way. (laughs) (laughs) Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is the origin then. Yep. All right. So we know how this started. (laughs) So um, if you're ever curious about how the Levites became the priests, it was this little episode here. Yikes. Just That's imagine upsetting. that initiation ceremony of, hey, in order to be part of this cool club, got to go kill your dad and your son. I was arguing with somebody, as I do online, because I have 
no life outside of this about, they were saying how, uh, hospitals and modern medicine, we think we need to thank the Catholic church for, because that's where hospitals initially started, which to a historian's credit, yeah. Sure, I, I would say, and the, but there's a lot of things that started in the church because that was the only resource in town mm-hmm. to have devoted time to study and literature, and I would say the sciences in their early days. That's why astronomers and uh, uh, I don't know mathematicians they were all part of churches at one point, yeah, because the church had financial control of the whole town. Uh, so to me, it's just funny that like when people was like, "Oh, well, we, we thank the Catholics for hospitals," I'm like. I'll give you like a penny of that. Like, sure. Like you can say the Catholics started that, but to say that now, like we thank Catholics now for hospitals is insane. It's like saying, Oh, we should thank the rain dances for our current, you know, farmers. Like it doesn't make any sense. And I feel like this is a similar thing of like, okay, this is a little bit. It's like saying we should thank grave diggers for (laughs) our knowledge of the human body. Yeah, like it is. Like, grave diggers it's, now. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's like, sure, you could say those are the origins, but yeah. that doesn't mean that it... I don't know how to really f- find... I need to find a better way to uh, communicate that this <clears throat> idea, but it's like we can acknowledge the history and the origin of something, yeah. but we also have to know that that's not 100% what, what it is today. Yeah. Like, the Catholic Church then is not what it is today, just like... And you know. if you are going to thank them for something historically, then you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Exactly. Like you public school was a Christian sure. initi- initiative. Yeah. Um, as was preschool. And like, so is conversion therapy. Yeah. So <laughs> on know? the other side of it. So like there's also sorts of things that were, you know, bad practices that were invented, but they don't want to they want to cherry pick. Yeah, you want to cherry pick. I get the sentiment, but I just think <clears throat> History is a weird thing because you can't blame people for what they don't know in a sense. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't whitewash and bleach history to the point where, oh, people just didn't do anything bad. They had the best intentions when they started shit. You know, it's like, no, they probably hated women a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot. As so. an American from the southern United States, I'm well aware <laughs> Of a history of where it's like you got to look at it and go, well, golly gee, not all this is shades of gray, is it? Yeah, (laughs) you know exactly. So, yep. So I I look at that verse and that's what I think about is you can say that the Levites did all these amazing wonders and served the Lord for hundreds of years and whatnot in the Old Testament, but uh, boy, boy, did they start out rough. Yeah, but man, they really struggled with getting you know out of the gates. So that's so funny that you found that that's the uh, first instance. So there we go. Um, <laughs> verse 30. The next day, uh, Moses said to the people, you have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, alas, this people has sinned a great sin. They have made for themselves gods of gold. But now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of your book that you've written. And then God's like, you broke my tablets. Yeah. This <laughs> is in the corner. <laughs> you broke my tablets. <laughs> well, if it, if it isn't Mr. Smashy Tablets. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> well, well, well. Big arm Moses trying to throw the stones around over there. Yeah. This Mr. So, uh, Mr. 
uh, didn't write anything down <laughs> and was like, hey, God, uh, you're telling me a lot of stuff. Can you write this down for me? I think it'd be really helpful. I think it'd be a good resource for everybody if you just wrote all this stuff down and I write it down for you. And then what's the first thing you do with it? You know, I sent you a PDF, but you didn't know how to open that. So yeah. I had to put it in a paper copy. No, but we didn't have paper yet. Yeah, you fucking boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um so if not, please blot me out of your book that you've written. But the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. But now go lead the people to the place about which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin. I will visit their sin upon them. Uh, and then just a quick last verse. <laughs> then the Lord <laughs> sent a plague on the people because they made the calf. Just one more. <laughs> really, you know what? I'm still not over it. it. It reminds me of the episode of SpongeBob where, like, I think Squidward's fighting. Uh, oh, I, I don't know if it's the, it's like the biker guy, but he gets like demolished <laughs> like 18 times in a row, like to just a pulp. <laughs> just like the Israelites, it's like. That's not enough. Give it one more. How about a plague? Uh, what do you think about this like book of life passage? Verse 30. Like what's going on? So this is interesting because in my first reading, I was under the impression that the book that this was like erase me from the book you've written that he's not necessarily talking about the book of life he's talking about another book um but then if you look at what god says mm. moses is essentially saying they've committed a huge sin um yeah please forgive them but if you don't at least if you can't forgive them just lobby all of that anger towards me instead yeah um and god says my anger is my anger. Um, nice try. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just trying to do it there. Very good, but not not happening. Um, yeah. I This, to me, is one of the first instances of this book of life mentioned. I think it's mentioned maybe once or twice before in Genesis, but um, I know it's mentioned other places in the Bible and the New Testament, I think. Um, but it's... From my understanding, it's yeah, the, it's like the book of names of of people who are going to go to heaven, and it's a very yes or no kind of club of if your book your name's in there, then you're going to heaven. It's, it's the nice in, list. Yeah, it's the naughty and nice list. It really is, <laughs> which is kind of sad to think about. That I think a lot of people take this seriously. Like there is a just yes or no club list, and you got to make sure your name's on it no matter what. Well, it's um, whatever. Whenever you get to heaven, Peter's got. Peter's got his bouncer list right there, and that's the book of life. ID. New life. <laughs> Thank you much. Um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, can I get your ID too? Thank you very much. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, ID. Uh, no, sorry. Sorry. You're going down the hall. You're going down the hall. Yeah, that place is like a billion degrees. You're going down the hall. No, you can't get in. You can't get in. I have it right here that you uh, watched Queer Eye twice, and not and you watched Queer Eye not to impress your friends that were 
not a Christian. You watched it because you genuinely liked it. So that's a no-go. Amazing. Maybe I'll put real club music in the edit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, yeah. So I I interpret it the same. I think that Moses is trying to, I guess, do one more final deal of like, hey, if people really send this bad, I'll just take the credit and I'll Mm. I'll take the ass whooping this time. And God's like, no, I'm I'm whooping all ass, No. no matter what anybody's ass this can of whoop ass it's an equal opportunity kicker <laughs> this ain't no caffeine free whoop ass yeah this ain't your mama's whoop ass this is fountain soda this is grass fed whoop ass <laughs> god i wish that was in the bible because <laughs> <laughs> said time for some grass fed <laughs> grass fed whoop ass but he does send a plague, yeah, so does. that's his yeah. final yeah, that's final sprinkle cherry on top is sending a horrible plague Sheesh. for as if they so they already drank poison, got their families murdered, got their names blotted out of the book of life, and then they get fucking plagued. I, boy, what are those ten commandments really? <laughs> were they really that important at yeah. this point? <laughs> like, <laughs> besides that, Mrs. Kennedy, how was the trip to Dallas? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's just such a like uh, horrible Yeah. My horrible slog of things happening in a row. And like I sympathize with the Israelites in this moment because He's gone for probably a long time. People yeah. don't walk up a mountain in a day and come back. He was probably gone for like they don't really say, but I could I think it's safe to assume months have passed yeah. and he's not back. And they probably thought, okay, dude that convinced us to leave just left. So what do we do now? And people were used to just kind of making God to this time, especially if they're just no, you know, no nomads. Um in this day and age. So people kind of just went back to the, it's like their comfort show. You know, it's like they yeah. just turned on the office. They're like, Oh, we'll just, you know, do what we normally do. We'll just make a God out of gold and worship it. Maybe we'll get some rain finally. So like, they're just doing what they know. And then Moses comes back and just absolutely beats the shit out of him for like <laughs> a solid week. So <laughs> I don't know. I just, I honestly feel bad for him. Um, it's hard to, and I, it's it's yeah. hard to like, it's hard to look at Moses and be like, you're right in this scenario. Because like, let let's just go, let's be a little bit of devil's advocate here and be like, okay, yeah. like God did bring them out of Egypt, and the least that they could do was just do status quo while he was up on the mountain. Yeah, while Moses sure. was up on the mountain, and they create the calf. Okay, I get like getting mad at that i don't understand poisoning the water supply i don't understand killing three thousand people and then i don't understand the plague like i I think like maybe you could do a little like all right it's gonna be a little bit longer in the desert for everybody how's that sound like that might yeah that i think that i could wrap my head around not and it's it also seems like moses even though he says this is coming from the lord thy god which God did want to destroy them. Yeah. You can make the argument that Moses is just saying that it's coming from God. 
and that maybe it didn't actually come from God, that he's just trying to convince people in it may I know it sounds crazy, yeah. but he's trying to, you know, no one would ever do this. No one would ever say that God says something and God didn't Impossible. actually and God didn't actually say it. Um, yeah, no one, no one would ever say that, but like, <laughs> no one's ever done that yeah. whole history of everything. Um, but you can make the argument that Moses is doing that in that moment to try and convince the Levites to slaughter. Um, yeah. Was it like a hidden agenda? Maybe do you think he was like trying to take out a certain group of people? I don't know. I have no idea. All the lactose intolerant people. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the people who survived the gold water. What if they're like, let's let's go down this rabbit hole. Maybe because the argument I always had is like God had to be so brutal in the Old Testament because He was protecting His true, you know, people yeah. from going astray. So He had to be very hardcore to keep people on the right path. But like maybe He was just protecting from like jerks. Like what if just everyone was a bunch of jerks that died? Like maybe they, you know, it wasn't that bad. Maybe it's like people that don't use their turn signal. <laughs> It's like people that, you know, talk on speakerphone in public. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're the Bible is silent. I am also silent. We don't get that. So I don't know. I'm just throwing out some, yeah. you know, as I mean, scenarios. Maybe that's entirely possible. Maybe that 3,000 people were, and we could go a step further and say, like, religion was very intertwined with an identity and to set up a. Oh, yeah within the Canaanite, within the Israelite community, the idea of setting up another God is in and of itself a revolution or it could be seen as treason. And so this could be seen as a response to treason. Um, I do think it's more that line. Like he is a nation God. So when they choose to go around that, the punishment is like a, it, yeah, yeah, it's very much hardcore. Yeah, it's very much going out, seeing they're asking questions like, "Are you or have you ever been a member of the Golden Calf Party?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. So really is. Uh, well, what's your what's your like final thought on on this whole passage? It's fucking Man. bananas. Um, yeah. like it gets like it gets crazier. I it, like it, we we really get the um the watered down version of what happened. Yeah. Um, we get that Moses was just mad and then he just, the next scene happens, you know, we, we, we don't get, we don't get this like genocidal side of Moses, this like, um, this seek and destroy. Yeah. Side of Moses, uh, that Exodus portrays right here. Uh, all that often. And I think it's kind of important, Um, which like Moses is very much a zero to 60 guy. He's very much a very timid person. And then, then he'll be the shit. And then he'll be the shit. (laughs) So it's it's freaking crazy. Uh, So yeah, yeah, like this, my, my takeaway is just, the story is crazy. I think it makes a little bit more Mm -hmm. sense when you tie into the fact that, um, religion is so intertwined with the Israelite people and who they are. Um, yeah. And, you know, their identity. And so like a golden calf could represent like 
a political uprising of sorts. Sure. Um, that's outside of what we would understand today. Yeah, I think it's tough to know some of the nuance of yeah. what's going on here. Um, I was kind of told like the calf is just represents like indulgence and I don't know, like uh, yep. overconsumption, blah, 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 blah. But there could be totally different meanings. Like, yeah, maybe it was like a political statement. Maybe it was my a different. My other interpretation group. is that they have lived under the yoke of Egypt for so long with Egypt's like idols and everything like that, that they wanted to direct their worship somewhere Ooh, and they were directing point. it to the golden calf still as Yahweh, but at the calf. And mm. God was like, that's not going to go. Yeah. That's a really good point too. Because they said, this that. is your God that brought you out of Egypt. They're not saying yes. this is Baal. That's true. That is a very good point. So, so it is like, in a sense, putting, um, this goes with one of the commandments to um, not take the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. People always use that as like, oh, you just can't cuss, but that's not really what it means. It's it's very similar to like in Islam, like not having like an image of Muhammad or like mm-hmm. if you do use certain words, like they have to be respectful. That's really where the tone of thou shalt not uh, you know, take the Lord's name in vain is you're not supposed to put God in a box. So that's why even the writers of the Bible um, – that's where we get like, you know, if you ever see people like very Christian people on Facebook, instead of doing G O D, they'll do like G dash D. Yeah, G you know, to make sure that kind of Y H W H. Exactly. Uh people didn't want to write God's name because they were too that's why a lot in the Old Testament it's just Adonai or it just says the Lord mm-hmm. instead of Yahweh, which is the name he kind of gave himself. But um anyway, I think it, that golden calf was like you said, it's putting him in a box of like, no, we know what he looks like. And it's this God here. So this is the God that brought us out. Um, that's an interesting point. I kind of I didn't really think about it that way. Um, not just a room for rent up here. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. I, my, my only takeaway is just how insane Moses is uh, <laughs> acting. I just totally forgot. Like I, I know this story that, you know, and I remember, oh, we didn't bring up like the Ten Commandments movie. Like there's a, you know, a scene where Moses comes back, Charleston Heston comes down from the mountain and he sees with a Winchester people- rifle. <laughs> <laughs> Get your damn dirty hands off my commandments. And that movie, I think I learned I took more from that movie about the Exodus than I did from the Bible. Cause that's an example to me of people just uh, kind of whitewashing Moses and making him this superhero that does no wrong. When Moses' origin story is also killing a guy in a field. Yeah. That's how he also gets started. So there's a lot of death and murder and anger in Moses' story that we tend to just read over and not even give it a second thought. And this verse in particular... And it wasn't, like, righteous murder either. Like, I mean, I guess it was, like, if you, like, contextualize and everything. Like, the next day, the Hebrew slave that, like, he saved is like, what, are you going to kill me too? Yeah, he has, like, a (laughs) reputation of being unhinged. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. it precedes him. So this passage just reminds me that we don't have the Charleston Heston 
Moses that everyone thinks we do. Like it's yeah, it's nice very pecs, nice abs, nice pecs, nice yeah, chiseled chin, yeah, big long dick. God. There it is. That's our one for the one for the po- podcast episode. <laughs> there, and there's the explicit tag. There it is. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I just I'm always I'm baffled that that's how uh, most handles the situation, and I am absolutely appalled that the Levites are starting their reign as priests by murdering half the camp, three thousand people, three thousand people. It's- insane that's a lot that's more than 9-11 i think maybe i don't know uh how many people died well this is gonna be sad this is a sad ending (laughs) that sucks Uh, i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you yes or no okay um so yes more than okay more than but not by much I didn't think so. I, th- I had a number in my head, so I'm glad that um, I, I was right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Moses killed more people in this with the Levites than a day in 2001. Anyway, speaking of... <laughs> Yikes. <yeah. laughs> that really no. broke Evan a little bit with something. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> wow. Um, so now Woo. that we talked about things that we... That make us sad. So I'm talking about things that make us happy. What's one thing that you did that was happy this week? <laughs> um, so I've been watching with like the writer's strike. I've been kind of like, okay, I want to watch some older movies. You know, they're out yeah. there. There's like a backlog of them. It's so great. I watched um, the uh, Confidential Report by nice. Orson Welles. Nice. Um, incredible movie. Uh, basically about this billionaire who doesn't know his identity and hires somebody to find stuff out about him. But like it, I was basically in like a film noir mood at the time. I like this. For um, Very nice. It was, it was so freaking cool. And I watched, uh, mysterious. I also watched Maltese Falcon uh, as well. And oh, yeah. that was really good. But my thing on Orson Welles, Scott and I were talking earlier today and Scott reminded me that Orson Welles played in a Transformers movie and I couldn't remember <laughs> which one. <laughs> and I was trying to find it, and I got fed up. Like I'm a man of it. culture over here. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, <so>. yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got fed up looking at the IMDb, um, and so I looked up Orson Welles Transformers. I was taken to the Orson Welles Transformers wiki, and I'm now going to read you the first little bit of the Orson oh, Welles entry on the Transformers wiki. So here we go. George Orson Welles, actor and director was born in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and lived a fairly eventful life. In case you hadn't heard. <laughs> in case you don't know the guy. For starters, in 1938, he convinced a bunch of rubes that Martians were invading the Earth with his The War of the Worlds radio show. On screen, Wells had a highly memorable role in the Muppet movie, where he gave Kermit the Frog his big break in Hollywood. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He also made some movie about some guy who wants a sled. It wasn't until 1985 that Mr. Wells finally fulfilled his true destiny by playing the planet-gobbling world Unicron. Although, sadly, Mr. Wells did did die before the movie was finished. Um, And then it it has a quote from Orson Welles about voicing Unicron. And this is the quote. Boy... You know what I did this morning? I played the voice of a toy. 
some <laughs> terrible robot toys from Japan that change from one thing to another. The Japanese have funded a full-length animated cartoon about the doings of these toys, which is all bad outer space stuff. Doings of these toys. <laughs> I play a planet. I menace somebody called something or other. Then, I... <laughs> <laughs> then I'm destroyed. I plan to destroy whoever it is, thwarted, and I tear myself apart on the screen. These toys and their doings. Toys and their doings. <laughs> that is Ah, perfect. the French. Do you think he even knew the plot of the movie he was voicing the whole time? Absolutely not. Just went in every day. <laughs> what am I reading? Ah, yes. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Who is this chap? Who is this chap? Okay. The unicorn. Oh, my gosh. Planet that's Patrol. amazing. So that's <laughs> what I wanted to share with everyone. Scott, oh. popcorn you. Um, well, just so I can flex on every male in America, I've seen the Barbie movie twice. So that's my happy thing I've done. And no one's going to believe me. And I can already tell that Evan doesn't believe me that I enjoyed the movie. I believe It was you. enjoyable. I believe you. <laughs> no one else does. <laughs> I liked it. Um, I believe you. You seem like the kind of guy that would enjoy the Barbie movie. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, what's, what's that mean? I'm not tough. It's mainly funny <laughs> watching it with, I don't like seeing other people. I will say I watched it in Chicago with Holly's family. And then I watched it here in Indy and the crowds were so different. Like Indy crowd had so many more guys just with like, Big hats on, belt buckles. <laughs> Some good old boys were in the theater, I could tell. Um, but it was funny to be like, uh, I, the movie itself, Like, I think it's it was very funny. And I think so many people try to make it seem like it's a way more political or whatever than it was going to be. And if you just go into it without any of that, it's very fun. Yeah. And the message is so good for everybody. Um, so yeah, I am Knuff. <laughs> and i'll leave it there so that's all I, I got i think that's pretty good thank you everybody for listening to our podcast today we really appreciate it uh you can follow us on threads on x or twitter <laughs> uh on youtube on tiktok at unblessed pod uh you can also email us at unblessedpodcast at gmail.com uh with any of your questions uh we really appreciate your support and you listening you uh without any further ado my name is evan and i'm scott and hey close close take that bible and go ahead and just shut it and just close. Close.